Hey guys, I thought I'd introduce myself. My name is Lucy and I'm the founder of Leffa. I've always loved to hear the unique stories of people's journeys and through my line of work I've been lucky enough to meet some really inspirational people who all have a deep love of the ocean. So my aim for this podcast is to bring their stories to life and hear how they bring positive awareness to the beautiful world around us. So here it is, welcome to Leffa, the podcast that brings you the real stories of people that flow to and from the coast. Well, I'm truly excited to welcome my next guest, Emily Penn, who is a skipper and ocean advocate, who is dedicated to studying environmental challenges in the most remote parts of our planet. Emily is a true leader. With numerous explorations, collecting data under her belt, Emily is at the helm of many impactful environmental projects, as well as being a TED Talks and public speaker around these issues on the global stage. Since 2014, Emily has also run X-Expedition, a series of all-women sailing voyages to raise awareness of and solutions for the impact of single-use plastic and toxins. I think you're going to really enjoy a snippet of Emily's journey so far. Enjoy. Emily, so nice to meet you and um, thank you for coming along. Um, So I'd like to kind of discuss, there's so much we can talk about, but I'd really like to discuss kind of how it all started and like how you got to where you are right now. So... Yeah, it's yeah. been quite a wild 12 years. Yeah, <laughs> long time now. Yeah. yeah. Um, so really it started when I finished university. Mm-hmm. I had a degree in architecture and a job lined up in Australia. And I wanted to get there without taking an aeroplane. Ah, okay. And so I ended up taking a boat from right. England to Australia. Wow. And that's okay. when kind of everything changed. Wow, okay. So when, so when that was 12 years ago, you said. Yeah. And so how did... How did you even go about researching into that and how did you get on board with that the boat? <laughs> yeah, it was really like naturally turned to Google, as yeah. you do, um, and started really looking for ways to hitchhike on initially a sailing boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up on a boat called Earth Race mm-hmm. that ran on 100% biodiesel. I'm reading about that, yeah. Yeah. York, yeah. And it had broken the round the world speed record. It went around the world in wow. 60 days. Okay. Um, but it now wanted to go around the world for a second time to do okay. a promotional tour, to visit 120 cities, to talk to schools, politicians and media all about renewable energy. Wow. Okay. So I applied for a job on board and mm-hmm. before I knew it, I was heading off across the Atlantic. <laughs> had you planned to go, obviously you were studying architecture before, had you always had an interest in sailing and that kind of thing? Yeah, I grew up sailing, okay. but just one person sailing dinghies so nothing like the ocean going sailboats that I'm working on now yeah, and yeah. really didn't ever intend to have a career in sailing or carry it on um it was really a way to kind of have an adventure to get around the world without taking a plane yeah um to be an architect but sometimes life has other plans yeah of course I know it's kind of funny how things work out like that when you you just go on a slightly different path and then it completely shifts everything doesn't it so absolutely so when did you so you're on the boat go to Australia did you make did you make, I guess you made it to Australia I did and then how did kind of the ocean conservation and plastics um kind of come about yeah so it was really mid-Pacific okay before we got to Australia uh, we were going through this part of the world that we now know as the Great Pacific Garbage Patch yeah okay although I didn't know it at the time yeah, <laughs> and yeah. um we would every morning stop the boat and go for a morning swim okay. you don't have any fresh water on board other than that to drink so mm. you know daily shower was jumping in the ocean nice. 
And one morning I jumped in and realised that there was plastic um, floating around me, Mm -hmm. a toothbrush, a cigarette lighter, and hundreds of these fragments of microplastics. Wow, actually in the middle of the ocean. In the middle of the ocean, exactly. We're about 800 miles from the nearest human being. Okay. And yet there was this plastic. So that was that Mm. kind of first moment. And Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking, what on earth is going on? You know, it, it seemed so bizarre to me. Yeah. And then we would stop at these small islands, either inhabited with remote communities or completely uninhabited. And we were found finding that they were just covered in plastic as well. Wow, okay. So then from there, when you got to Australia, did you then kind of have a completely shift and kind of rethink of where, where yeah, you wanted to focus? Exactly. Okay. So um, after a year of working on that project, I started to realise that perhaps you know working on this plastics issue was Mm. was the thing that was really exciting for me rather than going and being an architect although I think I did think it was a gap year you know something I was going to do for a short period of time and then still go back to the career of course (laughs) 12 years later you're like (laughs) maybe one day um so and these islands in Tonga um yeah that we'd sailed through they were the islands that really stood out to me because I was seeing not only plastic washing up from places mm. far away, but also the local community struggling with huge amounts of packaged products. Okay, yeah. Because their own local resources, yeah. like fish, being able to grow food in the ground, was really under pressure Okay, from sea level rise, from overfishing. Um, and they were now relying on importing plastic packaged food. Oh, right. And right, had nowhere for it to go. Yeah. Um, so my first project was actually mm. to go back to Tonga. Okay. And set up a community-led cleanup project. Oh, wow. So we yeah. have 3,000 volunteers. I've seen that. It was like the largest one as well. Yeah. It's amazing. amazing. No, it was incredible. Um, and we picked up 56 tonnes of rubbish in wow. just five hours. Okay, that's crazy. And I guess kind of educating the community around there of how to um, recycle and where waste should go and... Exactly. And I think that was one of my biggest realisations when I arrived in Tonga. I thought it was going to be a three-week project and it ended up being a six-month project Um, because that realisation that even um, in the Tongan language, there wasn't a word for rubbish or bin. And that concept of putting rubbish into a controlled system Mm, didn't exist because it hadn't needed to until so recently. Um, And so that made me realise that it was not just infrastructure, but a new way of thinking Hence, working with the schools, the youth yeah. groups, the community yeah. um, on talking about how we needed to manage this new, strange material, plastic, yeah, <laughs> in a completely cool. different way to yeah. a fishbone or a coconut hut. Kind of changing a mindset on how it, how it actually works. Yeah. So I know um, there's a quote I read of yours, which was um, the unseen... Um, see the unseen sort of thing yeah I guess that's kind of um that links back to that doesn't it yeah definitely yeah Yeah, so making the unseen see yeah Yeah. that's our tagline for x expedition and really it began sort of thinking about microplastics floating on the surface of the ocean which are so unseen until you get close to it and I also tested my blood for oh wow chemical okay. pollutants oh my gosh wow. and it turned out I had 29 of these 35 kind of yes. invisible toxic wow. chemicals inside me so on so many levels you yeah know, there's so much a real personal level and a kind of broader mm. level okay yeah so much that we yeah. just don't realize yeah um, it's kind of out there and also mm. that we don't realize we're actually having an impact on yeah um, you know every yeah. time we buy something from the shops we um, don't really think about all the waste that's been 
made in the sole supply chain of making that product. Yeah. Um, you know, there's layers and layers of unseen pollution. Mm. Um, so, so how did you, um, so from that point to, I guess, I know you had the um, Pangea um, exploration as well. So from there to then expedition now, how did that kind of form? Is it just a natural progression, natural learning and kind of bringing people together and realising that's what we need to do? Or Yeah, yeah. I, I guess natural, but over yeah. many years. Yes, it's course. funny when you like sum it up in 10 yeah. minutes. It's like, oh, I make it sound easy. It wasn't actually yeah. that easy. Yeah, of course, <laughs> I can imagine. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Yet, so. yeah. I think that's something to point out because I think a lot of people often think like, oh, it all just came together. Yeah. 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 Um, so, so it took years, but um, I basically went from Tonga, um, this time on a cargo ship, okay. the yeah. Pacific to California, and started working there with some experts on the plastics issue okay. and really um, becoming an expert myself in yeah, this issue of plastic, which mm-hmm. is something that obviously I didn't study, yeah. um, but surrounded myself with people who were um, top of the field. How did, you, how did you go about getting to that point then? So. Um, Really, yeah, yeah. so finding them, um, finding people online, researching online, and then um, going and offering my services (laughs) to people, you know, and basically saying, I can help with this. And so I would sit in the lab and process samples. Um, I would go and give talks at schools and things that I could do. Yeah, like first-hand experience on like, okay. Yeah, and and that meant I could then absorb a lot of the, um, you know, that sort of other research and work that was being done around me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. So then, yeah, from there, so you kind of feel like you now know you've got a lot more information on the actual problem itself. So how did the, yeah, how did Expedition come about from? Yeah, so I then, I'd set up Pangea, um, which was on this 72-foot sailing boat, really Mm -hmm. to help connect scientists and general public with um, the ocean and the challenges that are going on out of sight out of mind Mm -hmm. um, in these remote parts of the ocean and we started doing work going to the gyres and looking at plastics um, which is then when I led led me to do that um, blood test yes okay Um, fine and it was really off the back of that blood test that I realized the chemicals those 29 chemicals that I have inside me they mostly impact me as a woman being okay. endocrine disruptors that mimic hormones mm. and can affect pregnancy. Oh, that, wow, I didn't know that. Okay. And also the only way we get rid of them mm. is when we have children. We can actually pass them on okay. to our kids. So That's I thought, scary. wow, this is actually quite a big mm. deal for mm-hmm. us girls. Yeah, so um, you know. <laughs> and then Exactly. So yeah. why not tackle it with an amazing team of women? Yeah. And that was really the beginning of X Expedition was cool. to put together this all-women crew to look at microplastic and toxic pollution. Mm-hmm. And it was going to be a one-off trip. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> was that 2014? It was. Yeah, okay. yeah. So we pulled together... <laughs> 14 amazing women set sail from Lanzarote mm-hmm. to sail through the North Atlantic Gyre. Okay. And it was such an incredible voyage um, that we've done more and more and now it's turned into around the world. Wow, I know. The same, because how many expeditions are you doing per year at the moment? So different legs of the journey. Yeah, we did 11 in the last five years, uh-huh. but now with around the world, it's continuous. Yeah. So wow. we're doing 31 legs in two years that's amazing and so many because how many women are on each um boat as well so there's 14 in total and that's four of our team and then 10 of the guest crew who come on for a leg okay to have the experience so what's the what's the sole aim of um x expedition there's really three okay one is around the scientific research yeah and so 
particularly on around the world, we're going out there to really try and understand what plastic is floating on the surface of our ocean, mm-hmm. what's in the water column, what's sinking to the depths, okay. and where might it have come from. Okay. So we're looking at polymer type, we're looking at the fungi that's growing on it, and we're trying to pinpoint okay. the industry, the origin, mm-hmm. um, because that's really how, yeah. how we're going to solve it. Yeah, right at the bottom where it first started and where it came from. Exactly. Okay. So that's the yeah. science. The second aim is all around storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it's really about the global media coverage, it's social media, it's yeah. all of those ways that we're able to get this message out there that, you know, this plastic is breaking into tiny fragments, it's sinking, it's really so hard to clean up. Um, our biggest opportunity right now is on land. Okay. To work yeah. at the source yeah. um, in prevention. Okay. And actually just eliminating the use of single-use plastic completely. Yes, fine, Yeah. So that's the sort of storytelling piece. And then the third is about building this army yeah. of incredible women who oh, have been <laughs> out there. They've yeah. seen the problem firsthand. Mm-hmm. They understand it. And most of all, understand the solutions mm-hmm. and the role that they can play in solving it. Cool, and okay. that's really the legacy. Yeah. 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 So with um, with the storytelling and um, so, well, actually, if we go back to the actual science behind it and be- behind the actual microplastics themselves, I'm guessing you're creating a lot of data, which then you use then to share with corporate companies and businesses and pe- people who can make mass change as well. Absolutely. So, so the scientific papers will be written. So that's okay. the next step. Yeah. Um, once the data has been collected. And then they get shared to inform exactly policy and industry. Okay. Yeah. And then with the storytelling, with the kind of community you're building, I know obviously you have Shift as well. So if you'd like to tell us a little bit about that and how kind of people can get involved. Um, yeah, absolutely. So Shift is really the umbrella kind of method that we're using through all of our mm. voyages and the community that people can then join afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And so it's broader than just going sailing on a boat doing a mission it's Mm -hmm. really for anyone if you live here in London or you're somewhere else in the world and want to be involved um, it's a platform to do just that okay Um, so here in London we are running monthly shift sessions yeah which are bringing the community together it's a place to network connect collaborate um, and really try and cross-pollinate a lot of different industries. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the, I think, biggest realisations for me in tackling this problem is that there's not one solution yeah. that's going to solve it, but that the good news is there are hundreds of things we can do. It's a really positive way of looking at it, actually. Yeah, definitely. It makes um, sense. But to do that, we need people working from every sector, from every angle, from every yeah. discipline, together. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, so that's really what the shift sessions are trying to do. Okay. Um, and... It might be a networking event. It might be um, a panel that we have mm-hmm. in, in January, and that's really looking at um, one specific piece of pollution, mm-hmm. the plastic microfiber yeah, okay. that comes from our clothing, yes. and looking at all the different ways that we can solve it, whether it's an engineering solution, a design solution, um, simply a kind of capture solution. You know, there's mm-hmm. so many different um, angles. And what do you think the, ch- the main challenges are um, with kind of microfibers? at the moment or microplastics in general and how I guess how um if you're speaking to the community and just general people how, what is the kind of main challenge of getting that kind of um I guess that message across to people I think um one of the things that I realize when I get out there and I put our manta trawl over the side of the okay. boat which yeah. is this fine mesh net yeah and I drag it across the surface of the ocean and the ocean looks blue mm-hmm. and beautiful and amazing and you bring up this net and you find 500 pieces of plastic. Okay, yeah. 
And for me, I then kind of look out at this beautiful blue ocean and it almost gives me these x-ray goggles where mm. I can then see trillions of uh, pieces of plastic. Yeah. And I think, well, imagine they all had a little light on them and you could see where they all were. It would be terrifying. Yeah. And so one of the biggest challenges is just kind of communicating mm. how these microplastics and microfibers and tire dust and, you know, the smallest pieces have yeah. literally got to every part of our planet. Mm-hmm sinking to the bottom of the ocean getting into our water supply getting yeah. into our bodies yeah and and tr- trying to get that message across is really hard because yeah. you know it, it's sort of it's so hard to comprehend as you said make the, uh, the unseen scene that's yeah. a really it's such a it's such a strong kind of sentence and I think that that kind of kind of ho- like hones in exactly what you're trying to do but um yeah because you I guess the juxtaposition of these beautiful places around the world that mm. you're seeing and then like the kind of problems like deeper that kind of lay deeper so but it's amazing that you're you guys are doing that and with the um with the women folks so once they've been on the expedition as well um when they come back I'm guessing they're all part of that community then and they are storytelling and sharing their kind of adventures as well and um, absolutely the, yeah yeah um whether it's going out and doing talks at schools um mm. or at their workplace with the local community um, and then beyond that, it's amazing how much influence that we all have. Yeah. Even yeah. when we don't necessarily realise it. Realize yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we have influence in our own kind of buying power as consumers. Mm-hmm. We have influence over our families, our friends, our colleagues. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, through the work we do. Yeah. We all have a very, you know, specific influence. You know, yours being storytelling, getting messages out. Yeah. Working with yeah. brands, kind of sharing with the world. Um, an engineer has a completely different set of opportunities. Yeah, definitely. Um, and that's what we really try and help people embrace. I think that's really important, actually, because it's a good point in how you do what you do and people do what they do. And you kind of sometimes forget that, that you have power in your own kind of mm. sphere. And it's kind of really important to get that message out. Um, I was going to ask you, actually, with um, with communicating, um, I know you do a lot of kind of talks and speeches and how have you found that like really benefits everything you're doing and has it kind of um supported like kind of a 360 sort of thing definitely yeah um it's such a great way to get the message out to um keep growing this army you know it's not just the women on the boat who you know are part Mm. of this growing community it's incredible how many people out there um, are all putting their hand up saying hey this is something I care about I want to do something where do yeah. I start yeah um, and the talks are a really good way of getting that message kind of further afield okay um, yeah yeah growing the community yeah it sounds great mm-hmm. and then um, I'm just going to ask you actually with um so the importance of partnerships I know you've worked with Parley and the um Sky Ocean Rescue etc so again how do they come about and then again the importance of getting that out there yeah, so um, I think they just come about from uh, put, putting yourself out there. You know, if yeah. you do enough talks, eventually, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you, you know, someone might spot you and a friend of a friend passes something on and yeah. um, and the connection's made. So, um, yeah, all sorts of opportunities for partnerships at the moment, which is really exciting. Yeah. Um, and particularly with industry, you know, so those you mentioned, Parley's mm-hmm. really been working with Adidas, Corona, mm-hmm. um, recently Talisker Whiskey, yeah. you know, all yeah. of these brands that have huge power through their reach, um, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the stories that they can and their tell. influence, yeah. Um, and being leaders in their their fields and the products that they can put out, you know, the, the Parley shoes that are made from plastic that washed up on a beach in the Maldives, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, a really positive story. Um, Getting the conversation how, going. 
exactly keep talking about it I guess yeah and then the sky project's really exciting working with sky ocean ventures in yeah. particular which is this investment fund yeah that they've put in 25 million pounds to try and eliminate single-use plastic yeah. and the products that are coming out of that um, are just incredible yeah that's amazing it's yeah. a really great initiative isn't it for when did they start doing that uh, that was a couple of years ago okay? yeah yeah so it's early days yeah um yeah. but the yeah the projects have already been supported um you've got the uh, skipping rocks lab who are creating the algae based um sachets that the london marathon used oh, okay. to keep people hydrated yeah, yeah. um so you can kind of have your lucasade oh wow okay without the the yeah. plastic or, yeah. or the bottle or mm. anything um, and now there's all sorts of other initiatives around different types of fabrics that are not mm-hmm. from polyester. Yes. Um, yep. Amazing uh, little pots I've seen recently um, for uh, okay. face cream and things like yeah, that. And, yeah. You know, you only have to look in your bathroom <laughs> to see oh how much I know. plastic yeah, there is so um, that you could literally set up a company to, to try and solve yeah. every one of those bits of plastic. Yes. Wow. So what's for yourself and for Expedition um, this year? What's what's kind of coming up? Um, yeah. yeah. 2020. 2020. So um, it's the sort of middle year, really, of Ex- yeah. Expedition Around the World. So that mm-hmm. runs until September 21. Okay. Um, and so the boat will launch from Panama yeah. um, in a couple of weeks. Wow. And then we'll set sail across the Pacific um, via Galapagos, Easter Island, Tahiti, mm-hmm. lots of Polynesian islands um, across the Pacific to Australia. Okay. And then around Australia and across the Indian Ocean Yeah. Okay. Um, to Cape Town. So that's wow. the route for the next 12 months. That's amazing. And are the, and the legs of the tour are different lengths and people join at different parts, can't they? Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So each leg is between one and five weeks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We've got lots of amazing people signed up. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. And again, like such a, when you look at the types of people, it's just such an array of different people, different backgrounds and um, different kind of, um, I guess, experience as well for themselves. So I guess bringing those people together in different kind of communities together, then it's, um, yeah, it's it can help kind of influence that wider, filtrate into the wider network but definitely oh it's amazing thank you so much um, i was going to ask you a question about how does the ocean make you feel <laughs> just in general um i think it's inspiring mm-hmm. you know i think the ocean generally um has always inspired me and the that feeling of just complete raw beauty and wilderness yeah um, yeah. it is the kind of thing that kind of gives me gives me my energy okay um yeah and yeah. and also sometimes can be overwhelming with its power yeah um, yeah and kind of completely awesome yeah. out of this world sort of way oh, i'm just imagining that you guys on the ocean right now and looking at that feeling of just everything so vast and you can can't see anything for miles and just the ocean is, yeah yeah. And it's also yeah. incredibly resilient. Yeah. You know, some of the work I did um, several years ago on coral reefs, we okay. were seeing how much um, the coral that was protected by its geography, mm-hmm. meaning it didn't have people around it. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. How much it recovered yeah. from these bleaching events compared to others. And that was just the ocean, if you leave it alone, yeah. it really knows how to fix itself. That's a really important message, isn't it, really? It's, it really is. Is that yeah we just need to stop messing with it in certain ways and it can kind of do its thing and blossom yeah so So it's inspiring on every level oh yeah i can imagine yeah it's the best teacher it's yeah yeah so thank (laughs) you so much for um thank you so much for coming it's been um yeah it's been great to have a little chat with you and uh thank you great no problem (laughs) there you go guys another left podcast 
Thanks again to Emily for joining me and we'll be sharing many more stories with you soon.